Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. There was a small blue dot, rotating in tranquil silence through the vast void of space. Over the course of 14 billion years, this small blue dot named Coruscant would experience immense growth, change, triumph, and utter ruin. The ancestral home of the human race, Coruscant has been considered the seat of power in the galaxy off and on again for thousands of years. We find Coruscant now in a time of peace and unity. The galaxy is united as a republic with democratic elections that represent the collective interests of hundreds of planets. With no major threats to the order of the republic, Coruscant, the capital, turns peacefully through space evermore. Yet the pursuit of peace is an unending struggle against a tide of wickedness. Out in the darkness of space, shadowy organizations and nefarious forces wait for an opportunity to take a bite out of the Republic, to dominate the free citizens of the galaxy, and above all, to acquire power. That is why the Jedi, powerful practitioners of the mystic art they call the Force, volunteer their talents to maintain peace and justice throughout the known universe. Coruscant is the home of a vast sacred Jedi temple, carved into the face of the Sancti Mountains. It is from this temple that the Jedi Grand Master directs the operations of her order. The Sith, the ancient enemy of the Jedi, were all but eradicated 200 years ago in the last great Sith-Jedi War. These practitioners of the Force relied on pain, greed, and hatred to amass power and dominate weaker foes. The Jedi have rested easy after their victories over the ancient rivals, but darkness always looms over the Order. Now, new trouble is beginning on Coruscant. The planet has been experiencing tremors, strange lightning storms, and the Jedi sense a disturbance in the Force. Will peace remain in the galaxy? Will the Sith return to contest the harmony of the Force? Or will some new foe challenge the Republic's power? Three unlikely heroes may make the difference between prosperity and total ruin. This is Starfellows, Guildfellows Season 3. I'm your Dungeon Master, Robert Steer. With me today and always, in my hearts and in real life, except virtually, are Anna Mullen, Brennan Gray, and Amelia Sandeser. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Season 3. Fuck yeah. Let's fucking go. That was hype as fuck. (laughs) Awesome. Well done. 
Uh, Dude, you 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 have a future, and have you ever considered podcasting? You've got a great <laughs> voice, it's nice and deep, like it's it's beautiful. You know about? I want, I want you to read me all of Moby Dick twice. Well, it was it was just about three years ago when we all got together and thought that maybe there was a future in that. So, um, <laughs> and that brought know. us here. Who fucking know? So, um, some disclaimers before we start for the audience. Um, this campaign, we will be using the Star Wars 5e reinterpretation of Dungeons & Dragons 5e. Um, the vast majority of the rules and spells and scenarios um, and D&D trappings will be familiar for people that have been fans of Dungeons & Dragons. Um, it should all look very familiar. Um, it just has the added bonus of everything being designed and skinned for the Star Wars universe. So instead of spells, for instance, they're called force powers, and you've got force points instead of spell slots. It's all pretty intuitive. Um, and the added extra rules will go over as they become relevant. Um, so uh, Star Wars has a lot of lore, um, and there's just a lot of things that can be um, a, a Star War, if you will. <laughs> um, so as a dungeon master, I've decided to, to write my own interpretation to a lot of the events and history of Star Wars. Um, I've chosen to set this campaign, um, not that anybody can really put it on a firm timeline anyway, but about like 700 years before... Uh, the events of the original Star Wars trilogy, just roughly. So um, don't try to track it down or anything. Um, but I've also cho chosen to ignore some aspects of Star Wars canon and rewritten others. So if you just notice that I'm saying things and you're like, well, that's not canon, I don't care. It's my canon. It's our story. And we wouldn't have it any other way. Um, so with that in mind, um, let us start by going around one by one and just have a short introduction of our characters. Um, Mills, let's start with you. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited. My character for this season is named L. That's E-Y-L-L. -L. They are uh, Twi'lek, Guardian, and Guardian is kind of like this version of a paladin. They're a force user, formerly Jedi, but not Jedi right now for reasons that we'll probably explore. Um, they're also orange and hot, and <laughs> he, they, pronouns. Wonderful. Um, so excited to have Elle around. Um, orange Twi'leks, by the way, are, are fairly rare. I think orange and blue are the most like rare colors um, for their palette. Um, let's talk about Twi'leks for a second. Just to refresh whatever, for everybody's like memories what a Twi'lek looks like. So Twi'lek um, are, are one of the several alien humanoid races that have head tails. Um, they are not like the Togruten, which are the same with the race that Ahsoka Tano is. Um, rather, they um, have like monochromatic skin um, with the two long head tails going over the skull, like down the back. Um, they also have sharp teeth, um, which is, is either hot or alarming, depending on your preference. Las dos. <laughs> um, if that's your, you know, yeah, uh, you know, different strokes for different folks. Sharp teeth is kind of uh, an alarm in my in my immediate head, but that doesn't necessarily Coward. have to be your thing. <laughs> um, in any case, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, L's daily life? So L L lives in the Power and Lights District on Coruscant, which is kind of the 
um, more industrial, young, uh, much more diverse in terms of alien population, but it is kind of like the working district and also kind of party district of Coruscant. So why don't you tell us about kind of what Elle's day-to-day life is like? Yeah, so L works to keep a pretty low profile after leaving the Jedi on, you know, maybe faked their death terms. Um, so he generally just picks up odd jobs, tries to be there for people in the community. So probably just doing kind of grunt work, manual labor, stuff people don't want to do, tries to make sure that uh, others are taken care of. They live with uh, their roommate, Cecil, who is an exotic dancer. Um, you know and it, they baby. mostly just hang. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're just really just trying to kind of keep their head down and just make like a good impact on this little portion of the world that they can interact with. They're not... They don't have super high sights for, you know, space travel or ambition. They're mostly just trying to do what good they can where they can in whatever situations he finds himself in. Yeah, so he's he's already done a fair amount of space travel and kind of seeing the sights, you know, from from your time formally in the order. Um, so yeah, that's cool. I like the 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 peace and calm that's being cultivated through L here. Um, just you a live simple in- guy. Yeah, you do live in kind of a chaotic place, though. I mean, Coruscant itself is a, just a buzzle, like a bustling metropolis of flying vehicles and alien races and international politics and intrigue and all of the normal, like, fun, like, party stuff that comes with a normal city, let alone a super advanced alien city. So there's always kind Look, of something going on. Not everyone can be the gin. Someone has to be the tonic. <laughs> That's fair. Man, Mill's the straight edge. Well, I am, I'm interested to see how this plays out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move then before we get too deep um, into Elle's life. Let's, uh, Han, let's move to you real quick. Why don't you introduce your character? All right. So uh, my character, her name is Akala Resh. Uh, she is a Jedi Sentinel, still a Padawan um, under a master. Um, she, yeah, not a whole lot to share right now, but she was the daughter of a a councilman, um, on her home planet, and she, her, her father was a councilman, her mother was a doctor, head of medicine in this, uh, city on her planet, and, uh, she was found by her master and on her home planet and recruited to the Jedi, and she is now training to become a Jedi master. Yeah, um, and you're you're still a Padawan. Um, you're close to becoming a Jedi Knight. Uh, Akala has run into a bit of a hurdle in her life. Um, one of the most powerful and well-recognized symbols of the Jedi Order is the lightsaber. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of hard to pin down why maybe at this point in your life, but... Sometime shortly after um, L left the order, it just seemed like, you know, maybe a regular lightsaber wasn't really the fit anymore. And so you've been kind of exploring um, some options. Um, you know, in the past few months, you've been trying to construct a new 
weapon that's more your style. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about what you've been trying to make? Yeah, so instead of the traditional lightsaber, Akala is trying to make a uh, light shield, which is, mm. if you want to imagine it, if you, need a, if you need a visual, think of like a Captain America shield, <laughs> about the same yeah. size, about that size, with um, lightsaber beam on the outside of it. Um, and it's not not a very typical design, which is why it's been kind of tough to make for her. Um, but we're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah, it's a it's a completely original design. The Jedi Order has no records on a weapon that's like this. The closest thing is like a, a light uh, ring, which is kind of like a lightsaber brass knuckles type deal. But in terms of making like a circular shield lightsaber which like has the lightsaber cutting edge like around the shield is just like a design that is it's tr it is the tragedy is that it's so fucking cool and nobody's <laughs> done it before so so it's super hard to make but it's everybody's kind of pulling for you um and so like you're kind of been out of commission until you can kind of build your weapon again because without it you're you're vulnerable yeah um so we'll put a pin in that. We'll we'll deal with that after introductions. Um, let's talk about. Well, for your... just one second, I think I forgot okay. to explain what Akala is. Uh, Akala is a Togruta, um, is a Togruta like Ahsoka Tano, mm -hmm. the aforementioned hero of Star Wars. Um, she has <laughs> uh, emerald green skin and uh, black and white head tails. Um, so just to to draw parallels to Ahsoka, where Ahsoka has. Orange skin, I believe, and blue and white head tails. Akala mm -hmm. is green with black and white head tails. So, for visual. and so like do the do the black and white colorations of the head tail like come across your face or do they end at like the border of your face? Um, I think probably they would uh, sink in a, a little, maybe cross over okay. a little, but not a, not a whole lot. Interesting. Yeah, that's pretty. That's an awesome color scheme: emerald green with black and white accent colors around yeah. the face. Yeah. Yeah. Rad as hell. Um, yeah, so uh, you're Togruta, which means that your home planet is Shili, which is uh, the the planet that your father represents. Um, he's a councilman. He's not a, a senator of the Republic. So he does most of his politicking on Shili, which is, you know, you haven't really seen either him or your mother since you were mm -hmm. kind of scooped up by uh, the Jedi scanners when they kind of look for you. For children with force potential. So, um, does Akala really? Uh, does she think about her family a lot? Is her family kind of present in her life? I think so. I think she definitely does uh, miss her family because uh, she she very much loved her parents, a uh, very loving household, and she was kind of slated to take her mother's place as this head of medicine in this in this big city. Mm. But obviously, plans changed when she figured out that she was force sensitive. So. Yeah, for sure. And just out of curiosity, did you take any um, force powers that involve healing? Um, I don't have that open right now, <laughs> but I think, yes, I did, actually. Okay. I took Spare the Dying. Good word. So, yes. All right, excellent. Well, thank you. Wonderful to meet Akala. Um, next, Brennan. We got to move to the big guy, the man himself. <laughs> Tell, tell, us uh, about, tell us about your character, buddy. So I am playing Rama Viron, the Claudite Mandalorian. 
Um, <laughs> so, uh, he is, uh, mid early thirties, but, um, a, uh, a war veteran of some wars <laughs> that are totally in the star Wars canon. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> and, uh, you know, season one, they played a, uh, an old man, uh, or a young man trapped in the old man's body. Uh, this one through many years of being very tired of fighting, I'm playing a young man relatively trapped in a very... Uh, shit. Said that backwards. <laughs> this time. <laughs> oh, it's been a great day, folks, already. Um, are we playing a young, an old man trapped in a young man's body, as it were? Um, so I've got my dual-wield blaster pistols. Um, the, uh, mechanic, I, the mechanical class I am is a fighter, uh, which is, as you can imagine, uh, pretty similar to D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, of course... But I uh, am a Mandalorian. Um, fun fact, as a Claudite, I am able to change my face um, completely. Yes. yes. To like, it's pretty, I mean, it's it's pretty pretty strong. Like any humanoid face. And there's a lot of Star Wars species. However, I'm a Mandalorian, so I don't really, <laughs> so I don't really show my face too often either. So that should be fun to play with uh, later on. Yeah. Um, so, so a couple, a couple follow up things. So, when you say that you are an old man trapped in a young man's body, what, what you mean by that is like you are like an old jaded soul, but you're like thirty three. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I uh, just like so, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Infinitely old. Um, so I, uh, well, for Rama signed up uh, to, for a life of adventure to you know in the military. Got swindled in by some nice propaganda. And um, was a, a mercenary soldier for a good 10 years or so, and then decided he wanted to retire. But being a mercenary soldier, didn't collect enough cash quite yet. So now he's just doing mission after mission, bounty after bounty after bounty, hoping to save enough credits for a small measure of peace on Alderaan. Maybe a cottage, nice tree, ocean view, etc. And um, yeah, Alderaan I have right is now, the he's... Florida of Republic <laughs> space, by the way. It is where people so... just kind of retire and vibe and like have opinions. It's not like a. <laughs> yeah, it's got what's coming to it. Yeah, <laughs> true. Florida's true. not long for this world either, just to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Sea um, level is horizon. Um, yeah, so uh, you are, yeah, so you're a Mandalorian. So you have your, your standard dope as hell mandalorian armor that's evocative it has the t-shaped visor um kind of evocative of like um I, i've always thought that the helmets kind of look like a, a like a bull or like a rhino kind of in that vibe of like the, the lower jaw always kind of that point where it kind of evokes like the idea of like a horned creature um does your armor have any special adornments like is it kind of like similar to just the base armor of like Boba Fett or do you think you've like adorned it with any special like color scheme like specific armor pieces that like look rad so uh Rama hoping for an early retirement um he he's tried to save every penny he's basically wearing like third hand discount Mando armor so it's it's it looks like there's some there could have been a color scheme somewhere in there but it's kind of mismatched blue black gray um probably more gray than anything else it's it's kind of it's kind it's kind it's seen better days for sure um but <laughs> so it is like a combination <laughs> of like 
somewhat like faded painted blue and gray and then just bare Beskar steel like unpainted like uh like I imagine like you sanded some of the like the more vibrant paint off so it wouldn't clash like super hard. <laughs> yeah, the helmet used to be like a bright red or something and it's <laughs> I tried to get it off. Um the one thing I think I uh the one thing that Rama did put on his armor, he's got little uh notches in his uh in his arm for every bounty. Um and uh he hopes that when he gets to retire he gets to like put it up and be Remember how long it took to get to the point where he doesn't have to fight anymore. Interesting. Okay. What's the what's the number at? How many tallies like just bought? We are at uh seventy bounties. Seventy. He 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 he's only level three, but you know, it's uh <laughs> I need to have for story reasons, I need to have enough uh to be close to retirement, but uh, for mechanical reasons I can't have too many, so you know. Yeah. We'll, we'll decide. No level three. Level three is appropriate for for your history. I mean, like level three is just like not even like a local here. I mean, like kind of a local hero. You know, you're a war vet. You fought in a lot of soldiers, but like you know, if you think about like how powerful somebody like level eight would be, like that would be right. like a really powerful like Jedi. You know what I'm right. saying? So like, yeah. So don't don't trip about that. <laughs> um, okay, so. Um, all three of you are in different locales to start because you all have your own independent lives on Coruscant. Um, and it is now just through twists of fate that your stories are going to start to intertwine. Um, so what I would like you all to do is uh, just roll initiative to see where we start. Woo-wee. All right, first roll. We don't even know what we're fighting, and we're rolling to fight. First yeah. thing we do. Rob, like, I'm going to kill you. I, now that you got to know your characters, they're all dead. Nice. I got two. Uh, Ooh, that do you is want us to like, actually add our initiative modifier? Yeah, why not? Uh, 17. That's a 19. Okay, with an add... Hold on, where is it? Uh, do you have four. a plus 14 <laughs> or plus 15? <laughs> I'm thinking the same thing. It's like, woo! Okay, so we're going to be starting with Rama Viron. Rama is just entering the um, solar system for Coruscant. You have been out collecting bounties. Mm -hmm. um, for a while, you had to go search down a recent bounty um, to find a Nautilin, um, who is apparently a pretty bad guy, although you didn't know, have much information on him. But there's a man um, frozen in carbonite in the back of your ship. No biggie. Um, you are entering um, Corsanti airspace. Um, and it's typically pretty hard to get to Corsant, so it's always like there's always a ton of traffic and like there's a ton of rules about how to get in. Um, and like you have to declare yourself and let them know who you are. It's like, it's just a whole thing. But the bright side of that is that it's the best view, like in the galaxy, you will get to, as you enter orbit, look on this planet that is, you know, rotating in this gorgeous galactic space. And Coruscant itself is, um, despite being nearly entirely city, like entirely industrialized, is this gorgeous swirl of colors and lights. I mean, if you can imagine how colorful and like bright the earth shines at night, this hyper-industrialized spacefaring civilization practically glows off the planet. And where there isn't lights, it's just endless blue ocean. 
Um, and so you get to see these lights turn on and off as the globe of Coruscant spins in the orbit of the sun and day becomes night. Your uh, ship, let's talk about your ship. So you have a Mandalorian Razorcrest ship. Um, I think that you received this ship as payment for your service in one of the mercenary wars that you participated in. Um, which is actually true for most things that you own. Most things that you've gotten, you've not <laughs> bought for yourself, but rather have like, like you've kind of cultivated a like this somewhat like folk hero-ish reputation of just like being this like pretty like honest Mandalorian that like is kind of unattached, but will like work for like weird fees. Like I imagine that you've like settled disputes before for like, a thousand credits and like breakfast you know like i i have this feeling that you have like a lot of items that you've just accrued in your ship um yeah there's a bunch of knickknacks i was like all right i'll bring this guy in for a rager crest ship three blasters and a side of bacon you know it's it's just <laughs> moving day to day yeah just trying to do what you need to do to survive um do you, does rama always wear his helmet or does he ever take it off uh he always wears it thus far you know hmm. Okay, well, you are, um, you're just vibing in the front seat of your Razor Crest. You're enjoying the gorgeous view. You're watching the sunrise of the planet practically. You're hovering right over, um, the Republic District, um, like the actual area roughly on the globe where all of the business of the capital and all of the things associated with that take place. Um, just for design purposes, like the city, the way it is designed, it is designed in a triangular shape with three overlapping circles, like a Venn diagram, essentially. Um, you are floating over one of those circles, which is the Power and Lights District. It's where the largest port near the capital is for entering and exiting space. That's where all the goods get trafficked through that go to um, the other part of the Republic, like Galactic, um, Galactic City or sorry, Republic City, um, and then like the Jedi Temple, and then the sector of the capital, which is where all the rich senators and industrialists live, which is called 500 Republica. Um, but you are floating over the Power and Lights District. Um, you're pretty still far up into space, but you have been descending slowly. Um, while you're just chilling, you uh, get a couple notifications. Um, the first one is, <laughs> um, yeah, just a general, like, um, you get a radio signal. Just, uh, attention, this is ground control to Razor Crest 1. Razor Crest 1, uh, could you please identify yourself? Uh, sure thing. This is uh, Razor Crest 1. Thank you. Have a nice day. Uh, no, Razor Crest 1, we, we, need a, we need a name for the pilot. Over. Uh, this is uh, Rama Viron. Viron. You may have heard of me. Okay. Uh... All right. Okay. We've got a parking spot assigned for you. It'll be about a four-hour wait. Please slow your descent to the planet. Uh, is there a, a fee for, for parking early around these parts? Um, he The, the communication's just cut off. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to flip off the communicator. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's very busy. It's a very busy spaceport. Um, you get a uh, another notification. This one is just text notification. Um, it's from a Devorian woman um, who has uh, red skin and like two small horns that stick out of her head. Her name is Nola Breeze. She's one of your bounty hunting contacts. She's like helped you get some bounties, but she also works for a pretty prominent crime boss who you owe money to. 
and she's just giving you a little bit of a notice. Um, hey, Rama, uh, you're a couple weeks past due. Brick still really needs that 20,000 credits. Um, I know that you're coming in with a new bounty. If we can exchange it quick, we can just call it even. Um, and then you can just go about your business. Um, but you just got to get down here quick because uh, I, I don't have all day. Um, and that's the end of the message. Um, it was just a text message. You can reply if you want to. Um, uh, I try not to text and fly. Um, I'm right. just going to see if I can sneakily move, maneuver into the – I'm going to see if I can just rush this up a bit. Um, here, here's the thing. I'm just going to mumble to myself, never never borrow 20,000 bucks from a guy named Brick. And then just start making my way down uh, downtown. Okay, so you just like you just like hard like descend with your razor crest ship. Yep, that's a role piloting for that. Is there a piloting in this game? Yeah, there is. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, you definitely need to roll. Okay, something. Um, <laughs> is piloting an actual skill? It um, is. Yep. Okay. Um, what do you? What's your bonus to piloting? Uh, only a plus two because it's an intelligence, and I. I'm not the smartest, but I do have <laughs> I do have uh, proficiency in it, given my profession. Uh, I rolled a solid eleven. Okay, eleven's um, not very good, my guy. Um, so yeah. let me just let me just <laughs> nineteen were... on initiative, nine or got a nine on the die for the first so, real roll. So here's the thing: so you are like in line, like descending through essentially like an organized traffic receiving line to like be landed at a port, and so there's like you know a lot of like you know, ships that are just, like, flying around course on a given time, which is why they kind of do this stuff. So you, a bounty hunter, with a bounty in your backseat, are like, let me just fucking skirt this bureaucratic system in the middle of space. Um, So you swerve it hard out um, into the right, and you start making your way down towards the Power and Lights District, towards the Starlight Bar, where you know that Nola Breeze tends to operate out of, and within the first like three or four seconds of cutting in line, um, a dozen or so Republic uh, border ships flash their lights and surround you, and you get a radio transmission that says, uh, Razor Crest One, you're gonna need to get the fuck back in line. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. Uh, board patrol cops, sir, you're gonna have to get the fuck out of my radio system. <laughs> Just try and keep going. <laughs> um. <laughs> Call him as I see him. And then with the bright lights, I'm gonna press the button on my Mandalorian helmet to get my aviator shades to drop down. And, uh, I'm just gonna pull the throttle. Um, here's the thing. I need to look up how much health a Razor Crest ship has. So just <laughs> did miss it. They can't shoot me for violating a traffic law. What is this? I mean, they can. They can do that. America. <laughs> they are space cops. They can and will do that. Um, We're speeding. Oh boy, the bite the dust for the traffic violation. How dare they enforce their laws? Oh with my the blaster. God. Okay, see, I was, this, you I was see so my not ship prepared exploded. to deal with <laughs> ship <laughs> combat that you might get a pass on this. <laughs> um, Just shoot him down. Shoot him down. 
<laughs> fatality. Kill Brennan's character so he has to make a new one. Episode fatality. Well, I'd rather die by getting shot in my razor crest than die by getting like executed by a mob boss for owing money. Okay, I never insinuated that he was gonna execute you. Yeah, believe it or not, not dying was an option here. <laughs> um, Following so, the rules was always an option. So here, here's the thing. Um, I I am not gonna make this... You are so out... You're, like, to try to fight, like, a fight a space battle against Coruscant just, like, over you, like, not trying to pay, like, literally your toll to get in... <laughs> You're just gonna like. I can't believe he's driving on the shoulder to get around <laughs> the, the toll booth. So okay, so, so this, Worst kind this, of person. this is what I'm Oklahoma, gonna need. I'm all. gonna need a dexterity check to avoid getting immediately hit by just like a dozen stunning uh, blasts from these ships. The DC gotcha. is it's you have to get a twenty, a twenty dexterity check. All right, boys, that's a solid 13. <laughs> okay, um, your ship gets immediately hit with a just tremendous amount of stunning laser shots from all of these military republic ships, um, and it starts falling through the atmosphere towards the surface of Coruscant. Um, those shots completely destroyed uh, your shields and your electrical grid. Um, you're going to need to make a constitution saving throw for me right now in order to activate the emergency power system and get your uh, ship back online. Uh, that's an 11. I've rolled an 8, 9, 10, and a 10 on the die. Very average day. Um, an 11 is not going to do it. Um, you start spiraling uh, <laughs> towards the surface of Coruscant. Um, your radio is completely like not active right now. You can't really signal for help until you get the emergency power back on, or it activates. Um, so you just start careening um, down towards the surface of the planet. Um, and... Uh, we're gonna move to. <laughs> um, Brother, you get move. shot by Border Patrol anyway. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna use my force powers to stop the ship in midair. <laughs> That'd um, be great. Brennan, this is your own fault. You're you're not even witnessing. You think beyond Border Patrol says wait four hours for you to get a parking spot? I, mean, I, I regret it's a nothing. Plane. It is an intergalactic ship. I regret nothing. What do you nothing. expect? I regret nothing. You're the person who shows up at the restaurant and is like, excuse me, I see a table over there. And that then is absolutely not me. And then does it get served? <laughs> I, I am nice. I am very nice to, to to service industry workers. I was one for a long time. It sounds I'm not like Rama nice. isn't, though. I'm not, not, Rama's not nice to Coruscant Border Patrol who's going to make him late for his bounty. That's, that's, I just that's love it. And whose fault, the is mental the, math. whose fault is it that he's late? Should have started fault? the trip earlier. I just love the mental math of like just, Whose side oh, are you on? <laughs> I'm I'm in debt to this man. Let me get in trouble with the police so that I can get that resolved in, quicker. In fairness, I was assuming I'd passed at least one of the last three DCs 
off of probability. I mean, the, I was that was just to avoid one volley of shots, my guy. <laughs> oh boy. Um, Don't worry. Okay, so we're going to cut now over. It's an over... entire planet. <laughs> it's a whole planet <laughs> a full of guns and shit. Whole ass society <laughs> whose laws you just tried to subvert. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna. I would never break the law. Uh, Brennan just very quickly <laughs> learned that, like, what type of DM this I'm gonna be for the next year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Mills. Um, mm-hmm. So L, I um, let's start with L. Um, from your perspective, um, it is um, like late evening. Um, the sun has gone down. It's like, you know, like an hour to midnight. Um, I imagine you're on the balcony of your apartment on the like one of the outer rings of the power and lights district. Um, I think maybe even in the smog. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the air is actually quite clean because like the technology. Oh, it's like all geothermal. Um, yeah, like a lot, actually, yes, the power of the power and lights district, um, well, you, you wouldn't, actually, fuck it, uh, roll me a, uh, history check if you know, um, kind of the- You mean lore? Yeah, make me, make a lore check. Um, Oh, lore? Yeah, yeah, for sure lore. Let's see if you- Non natural twenty. It's a dirty twenty. That's a it's a fucking dirty this is twenty. These are the dice I made a poem to get. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, um. That's amazing. Uh. So you remember from your training at the Jedi Academy um, that the Power and Lights District is actually a, a it's it's a really important system that was created. Um. You know for the use of like the the Corsanti people to generate energy at the heart of the power and lights district is this massive central edison tower that in, in every way looks like an edison tower that distributes electricity through arcs to various other like node towers that distribute all over the planet um and like after it's distributed through those towers it you know is dispersed wirelessly actually it's a really impressive feat of technology, but also, you know, force magic because the Jedi helped create this power system using a truly massive kyber crystal that they placed underneath the earth in the middle of the power and lights district that harnesses the geothermal energy of the planet, focuses it as a massive force attuned artifact create it like generating it into electricity as opposed to deadly plasma and distributes it through the power and lights district um, yeah, i could sense that yeah um which makes like in a way like the power and lights district like for all its industrialization it's like hyper neon crazy party vibe like really cyberpunked out place it's also like high key like a pretty nice force feeling place like it's all about like positive vibes and like taking natural energy and distributing it like like it's kind of like a cool place to be um and it's a place that like the jedi really don't pay attention to that often but you've kind of found some of that so that's what a dirty 20 gets you on that check um vibes are immaculate (laughs) a great place to get high um i mean i I don't know if l smokes but l could l could light up yeah, L-, L could use uh, a little relaxation every now and again. <laughs> um, yeah, word. So L just gets high on the balcony, just smokes a joint and like reads poetry or whatever it is that you want to do. 
Um, that sounds right, yeah. Listening to like whatever the Twi'lek version of like Drake is, I imagine. Just like something with like a good beat and like I a have hot boy a vendetta singing. against Drake. Oh, okay. I'm so I can't yeah, that's my we're gonna go the Frank Ocean route. Oh if, word. if it's all the same with you. Yeah, completely fine. Um <laughs> the vibes of Fuck L Drake. Are... All my homies hate Drake. <laughs> um somebody I knew called him like the Oh my gosh. Like the Mozart of our generation, and I physically cringed. Um, anyway, that's an aside. Um, I know you look triggered. Do some deep breathing just to like, work yeah. through that. We need to come back to the positive vibes of the power and lights. Just dude, that yeah. disturbed the force, Rob. I don't, man. I'll tell you <laughs> that full on. Okay, yeah. So, anyways, getting high on the balcony. Right. Um, so you get high and, and chill, and listen to music for a while. Um, I imagine you watch like teenagers and, and youngins like walk down your block. It has kind of like that like i don't know like chicago like outer suburb feel where it's like there's old yeah, yeah. like brick style buildings but like it's all like really like hipster and modernized and like other cool stuff going on so you can like see people walking to like their local spots and like as you get closer into the center of the district is like the more like established like wealthy like expensive kind of clubs and stuff and other businesses so like around your neighborhood it's like more low-key like college kid type vibes um so you do that for a while um and then you hear uh your roommate uh cecil uh walk in the front door um and you just hear um like l baby what's going on are you home yeah i'm uh, out on the balcony oh i see good hey i got a bunch of groceries do you think you could like give me a hand yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. Um, I'll head inside. Awesome. And help with the groceries. Awesome. Um, she looks really happy to see you. Um, you know, she wasn't like working today or anything. She just kind of had the day off. Um, she like hands you a bunch of like paper bags um, filled with like a bunch of vegetables of like weird colors and shapes that are from a bunch of different planets. Um, she hands you like some like version of like poultry and some juice in another bag. Um, and uh, she is also a Twi'lek. She's a Twi'lek woman. She's a little bit shorter than you. Um, and she has blue skin um, and is uh, pretty gorgeous. I mean, she's a looker for sure. Um, you know, she's tall. She's, she's athletic looking. She does a ton of dancing. So she's just like super fit. Um, but she's just wearing like sweatpants and like a big heavy jacket like a male jacket that like she's had for a long time that was like from her dad um so it's like a carhartt type deal she just like is very much in her like off day clothes um she hands you some of these bags and uh says i uh thank you so much for getting me that money back the other week from that wookie i can't believe that that was just a huge misunderstanding yeah, okay, well, now we know that if you see someone yelling at you, they're not talking to to you if they're not giving you, you know, pointing a gun at you, like, maybe just don't give them all the money right away. Yeah, it was just like a fight of flight instinct, you know, when you- No, 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 I get it, I'm not, I'm not trying to- Like, when you- It, it all, it all worked out, we got our rent. <laughs> That's all that matters, and any, all I'm saying is that I just, I use some of that money to get you some- of your things at the grocery store that I know that you just really like. And You're so I was kind. just thinking about you. So I got you some Twinkies. I know that you really like those. Um, and she like pulls Twinkies. out like a bunch of like other like um, like comfort food type things that um, you like to eat. Uh, whatever those yeah. are, you can decide. 
Um, all little Debbie all the time. Hostess <laughs> little Debbie. I know, I know that you love little Debbie. You can never stop talking about the little Debbie cake. So I just thought like People maybe I'll buy a People sleep on the oatmeal cream pies and I do not understand why. <laughs> you just roll them suckers up. You can put away 10 of them. It's nothing. Oh, maybe you can put away 10 of them, Albert. My metabolism doesn't work like that. I got to stay on the greens and avoid fatty meats uh, and you're, stuff like You're that. working out every day. You can have an oatmeal cream pie. Oh, I know, but nobody wants gas on a stripper pole, baby. I won't argue with that. <laughs> won't argue with that at all. Um, so you guys um, have fun putting the groceries away, just hanging around the apartment. Um, after things kind of settled down, um, Cecil takes um, a seat on the couch and she uh, gets your attention and says, um, Hey, um, L. so there's actually been something going on that I need to talk to you about. Oh, sounds serious. Yeah, so, um, oh geez, I don't know how to. One of my friends has gone missing. Shit. And I haven't seen her in a long time, um, but her father got in touch with me. Um, his name is uh, uh, Turuk Valneem. He's the senator for the Togruten people. And his daughter, Oko, has been missing for about two weeks. And uh, he called me the other day because he knew I lived in the Power and Lights district and we're old family friends because my dad worked for him as a secretary for some time. But um, he just, he told me that there was a bounty that he had put out that was worth a lot of money and you know i don't i you know i don't pry i don't i don't know uh, you don't tell me more than you need to that's where our trust comes from it's where our love comes from but i know that occasionally you're able to do some pretty amazing things for the people around here and the bounty is for a million credits Holy shit. Well, see, that's what I said. I said, that's so sad that Oko's missing, but holy shit, that's a lot of money. Right. I muted myself when I said that when he called me. I just, I said, that's really horrible. And then I paused like I was like tearing up. But then out loud, I said, that's a shit ton of money. Yeah, both those things are true. That is horrible. That's a shit ton of money. So anyway, it's, I'm really, I, I am sad about it. Money aside. No, but, me too. But Thoughts and prayers. But here's the thing. Oko is a great girl. Like she's fantastic. Like she's, was a model to Gruton citizen. She was a Coruscant socialite. She was well known around 500 Republica. And this whole, like, it, it's weird because if a senator's daughter goes missing, you would think that that would be like a Jedi problem. Like, you think they would be on top of it. So, why the fuck is he putting out like a bounty Listen. and like calling people on the sly, you know? So, I think that there's something else going on. I know, I know you're tired of hearing it, and I don't want to, I don't want to get all riled up again, but sometimes it's been established the Jedi do not always do what is best for everyone. Oh, here you go again. Here you go again. I know. I no, know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, as a totally impartial third party observer, I get it. 
there's been several times where the Jedi don't want to get their hands dirty because of politics, because of dynamics and things, and that's fine. But, you know, luckily there's there's people like me and I'm sure other people who are willing to go rescue this missing this missing girl for one million one million credits. That's a that's a million. That's a million. Um so I wanna cry. <laughs> Because she's missing and because that's a lot of money. And it's so sad, but it's like it's also so like. so sad. Oof. It's awful. Um, <laughs> um, I love this relationship immediately. Uh, it's the best <laughs> thing of my life. Um, so, okay. So mm -hmm. if you're interested, and I see this is exactly, that is exactly why I brought this to you, L, because I think that you could do some good here. So, Anyway, L, what he yeah. told me was that if I or anybody else that I knew that had ever taken a bounty or done some shady business or whatever, whatever, wanted to get involved, they would be distributing the bounty later tonight at 10 p.m. at the Starlight Bar in 500 Publica. So okay. if you're interested, that's the place to go. All right. What time is it now? Um, oh, I've sorry. I've not so, been watching the clock. Some, so some time has passed. We said it was like um, about midnight um, of like the previous day when you started getting high and listening to music. So now it's like right. two or three in the morning. So she's talking about like this next coming day. Oh, perfect. That's enough time to sober up. Great. Oh yeah, you smell More like weed time. for sure. You definitely want to shower before you before you. Well, actually, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This place is kind of seedy. I mean, it's in Five Hundred Republica, but it's like for bounty hunters or whatever. So maybe that's like the mood. But and I case, mean, I'm still gonna take a shower. Yeah, I mean, you probably should. Anyway, babe, I'll so, probably wear the shirt again though. <laughs> anyway, babe, I love you. I am tired and I gotta go to work tonight, so I'm gonna go get some sleep. Okay. Good luck. Good night. May the force be with you or whatever it is that you say now. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> great. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good Wednesday. We have just released season four, episode 33. And um, I wanted to say thank you for waiting so very patiently for this episode and I wanted to come on here to say that we have officially wrapped season four. Um, kind of crazy. Um, and what that means is the very next episode is going to be the last episode of Guildfellows ever. <laughs> um, kind of crazy, insane, insane. Um, it'll be the last like regular like story episode we're going to have a season four wrap episode as we always do and then we're going to have a podcast post-mortem wrap up whatever 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 so as you're hearing this if you're in our discord channel uh our question channel will be open for both season four questions and podcast overall questions i think we're probably gonna like go season by season and just kind of reflect and see how far we've come and all this stuff um 
But take this as the opportunity to kind of, you know, talk to all of us as a unit for the last time, possibly. So, um, yeah, that's that's what we're going to do, um, which also means this is going to be my last announcement, update, whatever thing ever, probably. So, um, yeah. I don't know. That's really all I kind of have to say. I'm a little behind on our social media pages, so I apologize for that. But um, we'll we'll get there. We'll catch up. And um, yeah, next week's going to be the very last story episode, season four finale. And then um, I'm not 100% sure when the wrap up episodes are going to happen. They may not happen for a while. Simply because a lot of us are busy um, and we're just kind of working around our schedule. Um, So they might not happen for a few weeks. We're going to try to squeeze them in eventually. Um, We're going to try to squeeze them in quick. But if they don't happen for a minute, then they won't happen for a minute. But they'll definitely at least come out this summer. I will make sure that happens. (laughs) Um, They'll come out as soon as I can wrangle everyone together. So, um, yeah. That's that's it, I think. That's all I really want to say. I don't really need to go into the regular spiel that I do because I don't know. It's it's almost over. Um Yeah, thank you to Arcane Anthems for the the theme song as always. Um and thank you to everyone who has listened uh thus far and I'll we'll get into it more once those wrap-ups come out. Um but yeah, that's that's what I've got. Thank you for listening. Um, that's all I've got for you guys today. We love you all so much. Keep your heads up. Stay safe. We love you. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Next, we're going to um, Akala. So, Hannah, we are going to find Akala um, on the grounds of the Jedi Temple um, by the Sancti Mountains. The Jedi uh, Temple, like the main building of it, the place that's like the actual worship and like learning centers and where like the barracks that hold um, the like Jedi, uh, basically the entire Jedi Order, um, is like this massive ziggurat that's like cut out of this backdrop of mountains um, north of the main city of Coruscant. Um, and you are um, out in some of the grounds um, uh, outside of the temple in these green spaces that are kind of designed for wandering and contemplation and reflection. A lot of Jedi come out here to practice like forms and meditate and hang out. Um, as we established earlier, you've been having a lot of difficulties putting together your new lightsaber. Um, so... Your Jedi Master, um, Master Ugle, is with you. Master Ugle is an Athorian, um, which is a large um, hu- humanoid, but stretching it. He has like human arms and hands, like in terms of general shape. Um, so he's got like opposable thumbs and all that junk. Um, but he is very much modeled after. Um, like amphibious creatures. So let me describe to you. He has very broad shoulders. He's about six foot eight. 
he doesn't really have a neck so much as like a thick protruding head and in the sides of like where you could technically call his throat are like where his mouths are and he has two of them on each side of his head and neck with two sets of lungs and two throats the Athorians can use that biology to project their voices extraordinarily loud um, as just like a thing that their species could do. Um, but uh, they can't like make the words necessary to speak galactic basic. Um, so instead he has a, um, a wrist mounted communicator that talks um, and a voice that he has chosen for like, on his behalf, so you can understand him. But he also vocalizes with those throats in his own language. You are also joined by a third person. You are joined by um, Master Uglay's master as well. He decided that um, given your struggles in creating this new light weapon that he needed to bring in some like reinforcements for like himself to like give you some better guiding. So um, you are sitting in a meditation circle um, with you on um, like one rim of the circle in this like, you know, green field essentially that's enclosed by some trees. It's a nice like fall colors, um, very peaceful vibe. Um, and you are joined by Master Uglay who is also meditating next to you. And then you are also joined by the Grand Master of the Jedi Order, um, Master Emmy Grimwald. Um, she is a tiny human lady. Um, she is floating about four feet off the ground, um, equidistant from you and Master Uble. Um She, I mean, truly looks like three or 400 years old. She has long flowing white hair that is like down to like where her waist is in terms of length. Like it has not been cut in years. Um, Her face is like, like glows, but she hardly ever opens her eyes. Like anytime that you ever see her, her eyes have been closed and she's been floating. Like she, you've never really seen this person like touch the ground. Um, And she doesn't really like, uh, like go out and about much. So this is like kind of a rare thing to like see around the Jedi Order. Um, Such is like the complexity of the problem that you're dealing with that like she's decided to take a personal interest in it. Um, You also know and you've noticed um, that while she is wearing these like long flowing monk robes, one side of her, her left side at her shoulder is noticeably like tucked in to her torso suggesting that she is completely missing one arm. Um, so you are meditating in this circle, um, and Master Ugwe brought you here. You haven't even really communed with the Grand Master at all. She's just been floating and meditating here since you arrived. Master Ugwe, um, when you first got here, had you sit, and he told you, now, Paddy one, I uh, I brought you here to special meeting with the Grand Master uh, because I believe that she, through meditation, will be able to help you better understand the core of your problem in developing this new light shield of yours. Um, so I, truth be told, my master is a, a bit uh, quirky. She is a, a bit of a bit of an enigma. Uh, but she is very wise, and she teaches Master Ugly, so of course you know that she is good. So, uh, 
anyway, if you join us in meditation, um, I think that you may find um, find some interesting things um, in your spiritual travels. Um, and so he sits down, you guys start meditating. I'm going to take you to a flashback now. This is a flashback from several months ago. Um, this is the, uh, I'll just tell you right now, this is the memory of you finding the kyber crystal that you are going to use to create this light shield. So you've had this in your possession for a little bit now. Um, you are on the planet Ilum. Ilum is a completely frozen waste of a planet. Um, the only reason that anybody goes to Ilum is because underneath about 20 feet of ice and snow, you can dig into the earth and dig into this huge cave system that naturally produces the most and the largest kyber crystals out of any planet known to the galaxy. Kyber crystals can be developed on any planet, but Ilum in particular is the sacred planet that the Jedi go to find their kyber crystals. So let me take you through this dreamlike memory. Um, because it is a flashback, um, we're going to start you underneath the planet's surface in the caves of Ilum. Um, the way this process works for Jedi is when you enter the cave, you reach out with your force to try to find a crystal that naturally attunes to you. So what I would like you to do in this cavernous space of ice and glowing kyber crystal, I would like for you to make a uh, wisdom check for me. All right. Ooh, that's a 21. A 21. 21. Um, so you walk through these narrow caves of ice and crystal, and as you do, crystals that are embedded into the ice start glowing faint white and start pulsing. And as you step further and further through these caves, the pulses get brighter and brighter and brighter. And you notice that certain like passages of these caves don't glow at all, but the like certain ones do. So naturally you follow the glowing crystals, I would imagine. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you find yourself in a large cavernous circular cave with um, torches glowing around the outer rim of this cave. And in the center of the cave is a raised dais carved out of ice. You feel a great sense of magic and wonder in this room. And in the middle of this dais, there glows a incredible bright light of just white that then recedes and grows darker and more crimson and then gold and then it starts pulsing slowly above this dais um there is a kyber crystal waiting for you at the center of this room uh yeah i approach slowly and like mystified um, as you approach, what are like the qualities of Akala's like force and like spirit? Like what qualities and like emotions are you putting forth into the universe to like try to find your crystal? Like what have you been holding in your mind during this exercise? Um, I think 
Akala's biggest um, draw to being a Jedi is the concept of being able to help people. So, um, just healing, light, however cheesy that may be. Um, <laughs> positivity and manifestation. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, healing and uh, happiness and and light and help, I guess. Okay. Um, so as you approach this dais and put these, this feeling of like yourself being a protector and a healer and a like force for good and lightness um, and like goodness in the universe, I guess, um, you approach this dais and honestly, your crystal is glowing so bright, you can't even like see the shape of it, but you just know that this is supposed to be the one. And as you grab it, the light extinguishes the it like recedes into your palm and you feel a completely smooth sphere in your hand that is tinted gold what do you feel as you like hold this uh sphere kyber crystal in your hand um so just a, a question to answer that that's not how most kyber crystals look right they're no, normally pointed most- most yeah. kyber crystals look like naturally forming crystals. Like they, right. they like will have way jagged edges. Some crystals will take on certain shapes because of like what they were always supposed to be, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like um, it's not unheard of for like famous lightsaber duelists to have very needle thin, precisely like angled crystals that like kind of represent that like needles point of like a saber you holding this sphere is just incredibly atypical and it's part of what is made putting this lightsaber together so difficult because what what do you do with that nobody's ever really messed around with this before it's a completely new like field of technology and study um okay so uh, what do you feel as you grab this thing yeah it's um so as all those thoughts go through her head, uh, she knows that this is hers and just, uh, you know, feeling the edges, the soft edges instead of jagged edges, just a sense of like, this is meant for me. This is like, I'm here to bring, I don't want to use the same words I, I used before, but like, no, it's okay. Um, yeah, just, just, um, help and being a, a soft and guiding presence instead of a, a jagged and uh, forceful one. Yeah, it's just very affirming. Very, very affirming. So as you feel these things in this meditation flashback, um, you see yourself now no longer in the flashback, but you come back into your own body and you see yourself actually floating beside um, Master Emmy. Um, and like you're having like an out-of-body experience and you see the two of you floating side by side and you see the faint outline of a shield in your left hand, like the one that you've designed back in the Jedi barracks. And you feel the presence, the spiritual presence of Grandmaster Emmy Grimwald beside you this old soft woman that says 
it is such a harsh reality that there can never be a real definite answer to difficult questions. What you see before you is as real as anything else, and yet most people would think this would be impossible. I get the feeling that you find a lot of things in life to be daunting and impossible. And yet here you are. You were not asked to be brought here to the Jedi Order, neither were you particularly consulted on whether or not you wanted to do this today. But when you have the option to sit and think, you create something that no Jedi has ever created before. And that, to me, is as impossible as anything. I guess I'm just not sure. I know I'm not different from anybody else, but maybe one day I can be. While you're you're kind of like awestruck at this grand master like pulling you out of your body to like have this like confusing chat about like the nature of magic and like what is possible, you zip back into your own body. Um and uh the experience is over. Um and the real master uh grandmaster is floating over you. Um and she simply says Go now and try your hand again at your impossible task. Perhaps this time, just ask your crystal to be what it's meant to be. Um, and then uh, she continues meditating, and Master Uguay stands up beside you. Thank you, Grandmaster, for everything. And I get a little bow. May the force be with you both. Where would you, what would you like to do now? I think straight to the armory for sure. After that. Okay. <laughs> um, so you head to the armory, um, which is mostly like a subterranean, like massive, like two, like one part, like Academy for the Jedi, two parts, like massive storage of Jedi ships, armaments, equipment, and stuff like that. The um, Grandmaster Armorer um, for the Jedi, his name, um, <laughs> as you know, is um, Bronze Beckham. He is a massive human man. He has been kind of supervising your, your weapons training and your production of this new um, light shield. Um, you walk into the armory. Um, nobody's, like, really here. Um, even Bronze himself is kind of just, like, out. There's just, like, a bunch of... Um, like droids roaming around, kind of cleaning things up, just making some droid noises and sweeping, boop, 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 and just kind of sweeping and doing like other stuff. But it's pretty quiet. I mean, there's like some people here that are just kind of like working on stuff. But it's like, uh, you know, for for you now, it's like about like nine in the morning. So this is like a couple hours after Elle's um, like grocery experience. <laughs> um, your bench um, that holds your kyber crystal and all the components of your shield are uh, waiting for you. Yeah, I head straight over. I uh, just try to be chill and not really grab anyone's attention. But yeah, that's, I head over. That's cool. Um, your master has like, followed you to the armory. Um, he says, Oh, Agla, I do know that maybe this is kind of a sensitive time and uh, that you may have experienced some interesting things. 
just now, do you want me to be here or would you like more privacy for you trying to do this? I mean, I can be here to support and uh, just be quiet in corner. I'm fine with that, but I just wanted to ask you. Um, I think this is a personal journey, Master. Thank you for the offer, but I'd like to do this alone. Right, I understand. Good. Um, I will go uh, meditate more with uh, Master Grimwald, and uh, you just uh, let me know how it goes. And uh, hopefully I see you with Big Shining Shield next time we meet. Uh, may the force be with you, Padawan. He kind of claps you on the shoulder, <laughs> um, and his big froggy ass departs uh, the barracks. Um, you're now alone with the components of your shield. This is just a crash course on how lightsabers work. Um, you have a massively powerful power source um, from the future that emits energy, ion, like ion energy, through the kyber crystal to um, focus it and direct it into the form of a blade or whatever form it's supposed to take. And that is focused through an emitter. So the basic things that you're dealing with here are power source, kyber crystal, emitter, and then the case for it. So that's what essentially what you have here. You have a shield as your case with some other like, you know, like metal components to hide the other like technical bits of it. But it's like a round like buckler style shield like Captain America. Like it probably covers like your shoulder and your hip if you were just like hold it in front of you. You have your round kyber crystal um, which is like a faintly colored orange right now, but there's no power going through it. Um, this kyber crystal is attuned especially for you. That is what happened in the cave of Ilum. This kyber crystal was like destined to like have your vibes. Um, and so like that's the piece you need. Now it's just a matter of like putting it together with the power source and the emitter. But because you're trying to divert it in a ring, You've had to like reinvent like parts of like emitter technology to like make this happen. Um, the problem is, is that trying to make that work with like putting your energy into a kyber crystal is hard. Um, but now with maybe some newfound clarity on kind of the nature of this thing, um, we can give it another shot. I would like you to roll for me. Um, just a uh, straight up uh, wisdom check. Cool. Yeet. Oh, that is a nat 20, boys. 23. You know what? A nat 20 will just fucking do it, folks. Um, uh, yes, so after, yes. <laughs> after <laughs> your transcendental experience reliving the part of your life where you connected magically through the force with this crystal that is a statistical anomaly and practically an impossibility within it itself you are able to use that like strength and that attunement within the force to basically will this shield into being you lift up the component parts of this shield the kyber crystal and the metal swirling slowly in visual space in front of you and as things start coming into place you like intuit changes in your design that you like didn't think of before like when you imagine like seeing yourself with that like shield materialized out of force energy when you were having that outer body experience you kind of realize like this is like what it's meant to be i should stop like over engineering it and just like make it look like how it wants to look like and so, like, the force guides the construction of this lightsaber 
in the end, you are able to fit your hand perfectly into this padded leather slot that you've made for yourself around the activator of this lightsaber. And you're holding what feels like a completed light weapon. Everything screws into place. You stop supporting it with the force and it doesn't fall apart. Your crystal is swirling within the center of the shield, slowly rotating in a glass pane that, you can, that you've built in there so you can see it. All that needs to be done is to activate it. Um, I take a minute, take a deep breath, and activate. You click the activator on your shield, and like an engine kicking to life, the shield like cocks back a little in your hand, and a like luminous golden glow emits from the ends of your shield and solidifies into this um, rounded cylindrical light blade around this shield, and it glows hot and vibrant like a sun in your hands. Does a name come to mind for the shield? It does. A, a mm. name does come to mind. Um, just quietly, Akala says to herself, Soul. And soul it shall be named. You feel that your that your shield likes that name, like it enjoys being alive and is ready to protect and do its job and help you with your mission. Um, go uh, talk to your. Uh, well, you you need to talk to Master Ugwe, um if you would like, um, or if you want to take a moment. But what what would Akala like to do next? Uh, yeah, I think she wants to show off her creation. I think she goes to show master ugly all right so you walk out like the first door um out of the out of the equipment room that you've been working in and he's standing there like he's been waiting outside the door the entire <laughs> yeah. time oh he's got like kind of like a, a drink of water he's like, oh he spills a little bit i did not realize you would be done so soon i was just uh, sitting there uh did it go well i see shield uh yes i'd say it uh say it went very well yes well, well, go on, turn it on. Have, let's have a look. I uh, just huge smile on my face. Just turn it on and just kind of not not like loosey goosey, but just kind of move it around because it feels really good. <laughs> just, just, uh, show it off in the light. Uh, you kind of like shimmy the shield and like activate it, and the golden ring appears around it again. Um, a deadly, lethal, but also incredible protective weapon that you have created, this marvel of science. Um, and he is like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. It is more luminous than I could have believed. I knew, I knew when you showed me that kyber crystal that something good would come of it. That is very rare. I can see it is displayed in the, oh, that is so clever. You did such a good job. I am so glad I introduced you to Master Grimwald. She has a way of really reorienting reality. Um, while he is talking, roll me a uh, constitution saving throw. Ah, uh, why? Um, oh no, oh no, that's a two. Oh no. Um, on a two, you feel the whole world shake um it feels like in your gut that like 
something terrible has happened. Um, and you like, honestly, you like kind of like pass out for a second. Like the feeling that like something major just happened, like strikes you to your core. You feel like a beat of one, two, three, and then you hear the loudest shatter of thunder you've ever heard. Um, you uh, walk outside. Um, your master like props you up, like takes you outside to like see what's going on, like outside of this barracks. Alarms start blaring in the Jedi Temple. Um, Jedi are taking off in ships going all around Coruscant. Um, you didn't see it, but Master uh, Grimwald is looking up at the sky and her eyes are glowing blue in the garden where you left her. And all the Jedi around you are describing a, like a truly gargantuan bolt of lightning not striking the planet, but rising up through the atmosphere from the planet's surface and singeing like 500 ships that were trying to land onto the surface of Coruscant. So we're going to go back to uh, Rama real quick. <clears throat> Jesus fucking Christ, all right. <laughs> um... Rama, um, you are careening towards the planet um, with no um, systems on your ship. Uh, go ahead and roll me a, a constitution saving throw again real quick. Got it. Not 20. <laughs> Not 20. Okay. So you managed to like like resist the G-forces and you like hit the button on your ship's dashboard that like turns on the emergency power source that you would like normally be able to hit like after an EMP goes off. You reclaim control over your ship. Um, as you are like careening down into space, you realize that like – actually, roll a perception check real quick. I think I've got like a minus to perception. Uh, I do, but I rolled an 18 on the dice. That's a 17. Um, okay, so as your ship is like returning on rebooting um, and you're like hastily like pulling up so you don't crash into the surface of the planet, um, your ship's AI starts catching you up on system warnings. So this is like the stream of system warnings that you get. Attention, Captain. All systems have been disabled. All systems realigned. All systems reactivated. Carbonite locker compromised. Ship integrity reduced to 60%. Engines functioning at 80% efficiency. Um, you also realize, as your radar picks up again, that all the ships that were flying to catch up with you dispersed, like, suddenly. Like, they were following you as you were descending and then split. The other notification that you get um, is... Uh, attention all ships. Unknown power source converging over the power and light district. Uh, all ships take evasive maneuvers and scatter effective immediately. Um, I'm going to need you to roll a dex or a piloting check to fly out of the way. Oh, sweet. That's a solid five. <laughs> That's a five. Um, 
Okay, so because you were careening out of space and then pulled up very suddenly and tried to like like you were displaced a lot from where you were over the power and lights district um the entire world from your point of view becomes the most electric blinding light of your life it is so disorienting it feels like you may have honestly died and it is so deafening that your ears like pop and start bleeding you got hit by a tendril on the outside of a massive lightning bolt that came up and struck the upper atmosphere of coruscant your radio is flooded with mayday calls with uh like reports of damage with requests for help the like uh, Republic military line is completely flooded. Your ship, though, looks pretty okay. I mean, it's taken a lot of damage, but it's still flyable, and nobody seems to be coming after you. What are you going to do? Um, first thing, I'm going to look up and say, <clears throat> excuse me, hey, uh, can you please quit calling me captain like I asked you to? Also, autopilot, I got to check something. Uh, yes, Captain. I will cease calling you Captain immediately. Um, <laughs> I'm going mumble auto something pilot. about <laughs> glitch. Continue. Uh, autopilot engaged, taking you to the Starlight Bar to deposit your bounty. Thank you. Thank you. And speaking of which, I'm going to go back and I heard that the, <laughs> the cryo freeze was compromised. I'm going to go make sure that it's it's all in one piece. All right, well, the the dude is. Um, okay. Um, you uh, drop down from the cabin, um, the pilot's cabin, through a ladder, um, taking you to the main hull of the ship. You notice that there is actually, like, places where the hull has been punctured, um, where, like, some items have, like, fallen, dispersed. You know from just the general checks that, like, your ship displays that, like, one of your wings is fucked, one of your engines is fucked. Um like this ship is flyable, but is like going to become less flyable, like as you descend through the atmosphere. Like you'll be able to get it there, but you like probably can't take it up again once you like do land. Anyway, you walk into the carbonite hold and uh, roll a perception check. Roll just a fat percepto check. Uh, That's a nat 20. <laughs> I've been all over the board tonight. It's a nat 20. It's a fucking nat 20, baby. Um, yeah, so you know exactly what happened. As soon as you lost power the first time, your carbonite hold like was like deactivated for too long. So the carbonite melted. But beyond that, like, it, it's, like, melted to the point where, like, you think that, like, other aspects of what just happened may have, like, exp expedited the process of the carbonite melting. Um, so the, the prisoner that you had, this Nautilin male, and Nautilins are, like, kind of aquatic-looking. They also have head tails like Twi'lek, but have large kind of fish eyes that take up most of their face. They thrive in aquatic settings. Um... But he was, like, somebody that you had tracked down to, like, deposit this bounty. And not only is he out of the carbonite, 
you see him on the other side of the glass of your only escape pod on the ship, and he just salutes, hits the button. Can I? Do you got time to say, uh, hey, cancel the escape pod? <laughs> escape pod on fire. And it's just out into space. Um, so there goes your bounty. Um, your ship, uh, you're down, you're down atrocious. Um, you finally bring your ship in to the starlight bar on the way you listen to the radio and you know that there was some malfunction with the power source of the power and lights district that created this incredible lightning strike that killed, um, several hundred people that were waiting in space um, above the Power and Lights District that you just narrowly escaped. You are now at the Starlight Bar. So you get to the Starlight Bar, Rama. Uh, your ship is pretty fucked up, um, which is like honestly kind of been part of your life. A lot of your expenses are like repairing and buy like repairing your ship and like getting resources for you to do your job, like ammo and food. Um, which is part of the reason you were in debt in the first place. So now you're rolling up to the power to the uh, 500 Republica rather to a bar called the Starlight Bar, um, which is a top level bar with a glass dome and like a circular layout on top of this mega tower and 500 Republica. It's a bar that is like known for like two things: shady, corrupt political dealings. And bounty hunting. It's where those two things happen at the highest level, essentially, for the highest bidder. Um, naturally, as part of this giant tower, there is like a valet parking garage service. Um, so <laughs> they see your like beat up, badly damaged clunker, um, and you get like a radio signal from the valet. Um, uh, attention driver of the uh, Razor Crest, uh, do you need help? Uh, I'm gonna mute myself on the on the communicator and then say, <clears throat> "Ship, uh, can you please inform them that the driver is uh, unresponsive, uh, believed to be dead? Thank you." <laughs> yes, Captain. Uh, yes, Mister Vira. That's that's even weirder. Go back to Captain, please. I'll I'll figure it out later. Um, you hear the AI kind of click um, <laughs> through the speaker. Um, the AI uh, signals to them that you are a survivor of the electrical shock tragedy that just occurred and that you need your ship service. They also let them know that um, you are a like well-established patron of the bar that you've done work with them before like they basically like your ship has been tagged by this place before so they kind of know who you are already but they get they take your ship with like uh grav lift support ships essentially like through the force of like technology and gravity like suspend your ship carry it into a garage that is attached to this mega tower and they start kind of like taking stock of what happens. Um, what do you do now that you're like inside this building? Do you go straight up to the bar um, to try to find brick and like explain the situation or what are you trying to do? Um, I am going to say, oh, Shiv, hey, I, I would be really, really happy if you uh, told uh, 
our friend. What's the name of the 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 Devonian? What what was her name? Um, the Devonian woman. Um, her name is Nola Breeze. Nola, right? Can you tell Nola that the the ship has arrived? Pilot is unresponsive. Um, the AI uh, sends that message for you. I mean. Your your phone is still connected to Bluetooth through the ship, so she just sends it right to <laughs> right to Nola. Um, after um, ten or twenty minutes, um, you hear a knock on the metal of your ship. All right, I'm gonna take my Mandalorian helmet off and then I restructure my face to be the human form, not the clawed out farm that I've been uh, like impersonating when I've been speaking um, with, with her, and I'm going to change my face to look like I've been completely fried <laughs> and the rest of me is covered by the armor, but I've been fried and killed <laughs> Got like uh, very, very dead looking. And then I'm just going to fall myself out on the, <laughs> on the floor and be like, all right, when she comes in, if anyone asks, I died. Captain's log. I died. Struck out of lightning by God himself. Um, okay. Um, so you hear Nola knock like, doom, doom, doom. Waits. Dun, dun, dun. Rama, are you in there? God damn it! Um, I I'm also gonna grab. Um, uh, before she comes in, I'm gonna throw some of my. Uh, so I got a remote detonator. I'm gonna throw some some smoke and stuns around the room. <laughs> <laughs> like you're Real throwing quick. like stun grenades? I want the remote detonator. They're not going off yet. And oh, I'm just gonna, okay. Like, so through, through a remote detonator. Are they like lethal grenades? Or are they all stun and smoke They're all grenades? like, they're, they're flashbangs. Okay. Uh, so uh, you, hold on. Uh, go ahead and make a deception check to like throw a bunch of grenades around your ship and not make <laughs> a bunch of noise. Nat 20 again. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> I'm going to say that you didn't even like throw them. You just got the remote detonator because you've had your <laughs> ship kitted out to like explode in a detonation in case you needed to play dead for the people that you owe money to. <laughs> like you like have actually five brained the fuck out of this scenario <laughs> and like have had this like planned out. Like this is the fucking tits. Like I know I'm going to do this. Um, so Nola sounds very exasperated, opens up your ship, um, and is just like, this place is a fucking mess. Um, she like walks through some of the corridors until she finds uh, you laying like splayed out, like with your helmet off, looking fried and fucked up. Um, she immediately pulls out her scanner um, and she's going to make a technology check um go ahead and make we're gonna do an opposed role so go ahead uh, and make a deception check um i'm gonna say you're not pretending to be somebody else you're just trying to act dead i was yeah so just a straight up yeah just a normal deception check and i'm gonna roll against it okay 18 she got a 17 on the die and is going to beat the 18 um she scans your body with her her arm bracelet um and is able to read your vital uh, vital signs and says let's see heart rate is there breathing is normal no signs of visible rama are you fucking sleeping what what the hell are you doing uh i'm gonna 
really quick, put my Mandalorian helmet back on, change back to normal me, and uh, activate the, the piece of it that like, filters out smoke and noise. Then I'm just going to be like, <clears throat> like hold a detonator behind my back, like just just in case of emergency, and be like, ah, well, uh, f- f- uh, fancy meeting you here. What, uh, what, uh, what brings you here to, to my humble abode? Uh, Rama, you you send us a message that you crashed out of space after getting struck by that lightning. That was, I mean, I'm tr- I'm glad you're alive. First of all, good to see Me you too. again. You too, you know, and uh, we can catch up later. But I gotta, I got something I gotta do. So, uh, so uh, take care of yourself. And I'll be seeing you. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, 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 wait! Rama, 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 Rama. I listen. I understand you're carrying that bounty, right? Is that good? Do you do you have the guy? Because if you have the guy, we don't even need to worry about Brick. Then he, you know, we're square. But if you don't have the guy that we need to talk about this and then also i don't want you to i don't want you to get the wrong impression i know that i'm intimidating right like devorian red spikes work for brick he's got a lot of money got a lot of friends we're not trying to kill you rama i know you're a little shaky we're trying to extort you for your services so if you're in debt with us like like we're just trying to get you to do so. Like I, I am just kind of clocking now that you have a lot of explosives hooked up. And I'm feeling very unsafe, and I just want <laughs> you to know for a quick sec that like we can like talk out how best to resolve this. But we gotta know: Do you have that Nautilus? Uh, ship AI. Uh, we don't have any explosives armed, right? <laughs> <laughs> Captain Nyron, I do not believe that that was the question asked, but now that you mention it, uh, there does to be, uh, uh, to be several dozen flashbangs hooked up to I'm your remote kick, detonator. I'm gonna kick the side of the ship like, like an elbow, like, <laughs> ding! I just don't know why you would ask an artificial intelligence about a factual question that they can answer and expect them to not tell the truth. Um, <laughs> um, Okay, listen, listen, Rama. I'm getting the sense that maybe the bounty didn't go so well. There is, a, there is another bounty that Brick has a vested interest in having a man on the inside for. Would you like to come upstairs and have a drink and maybe we can discuss some bigger fish that need to be frying? In the meantime, we can hold your ship here we can ballpark how much it's going to take to repair and we'll just add that to the amount that you owe brick and we'll figure out a way to repay that over a drink or two. How does that sound? It doesn't sound too bad. What are my options if I just uh, fly out of here right now and don't come back to Coruscant? <clears throat> um, well, your ship does not appear to be... Uh, really worthy of any sort of travel um and in fact i think since you have hooked up about 20 pounds of explosives to the interior if you tried to take it up in this state it would most likely explode yeah she's built like an iron something i'm gonna tap it and i would assume something like falls off (laughs) like boom (laughs) yeah like a whole like a whole ass part of the wing (laughs) <laughs> oh my god. Um, 
<clears throat> right. Let's go upstairs, shall we? She kind of like takes you around the shoulders and leads you upstairs. Like you need, you look like you need a drink. So you're now at the Starlight Bar, um, and there's a bounty that needs discussing. Um, we are going to move back briefly to uh, L. L, are you? It is about time. Uh, it is like mid afternoon now. It is about time for you to start thinking about how you want to go about getting to the Starlight. So, how would you like to? Uh, what would you like to do? Would you like to do anything to prepare before you go, or would you just like to um, head that direction and hang out? Uh. No, yeah, like, you know, probably uh, eat first. I usually don't, like, go out and about with just my head and tails showing. I kind of cover up a bit, get my staff, but I just make my way that that way. I leave with enough time that I can take the scenic route. Nice. So you you bring your staff. It's a vibro staff, um, which means that it's able to – it's technologically modified so that it can clash with lightsabers, uh, but it's very much just like a blunt weapon staff. Um, do you just like take like a, a Corsanti cab and like just fly to 500 Republica or how would you like, you can take public transportation too. Yeah. Like, is, is there a bus? I'm probably more on a bus type budget. Um, sure. For real, for real. So you take like a bus that goes to the power and lights district that will take you over a series of like, um, intersections throughout like the main, um, like intersecting, um, Venn diagram center. That is like the city between these three districts. Um, and the bus takes you into Republic, uh, Republica 500 or 500 Republica, excuse me. Um, and you are able to get like within like about like five blocks of oh, where yeah, the Starlight easy. Bar is. But since you don't have like a ship, you can't like get up to the top floor. Just like you can't just like cruise in like you would if you were like a high bar patron. You have to like go through security from the bottom of the tower. Um, so yeah, so we'll just we'll just say like skip some time. Like L is able to find the tower. Um, you walk in and there's like a reception area, basically a desk with just a human woman um, with a bob cut who's like, uh, "Where are you trying to go?" Yeah, um, just trying to get up to the Starlight Bar. Great. Um, do you are they are you like who are you like? Oh, uh, I'm just I'm just here looking to collect a, a bounty that I heard. Um, Oh, was put out. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're you're a bounty hunter, right? Um, yeah. cool. Well, there's going to be another set of security at the top. You already know that because you've been here before. Um, and she kind of like looks at you like, mm, I don't know. Um, like she like is, like looks skeptical of you, but it's not her job to like, yeah. really give you a hard time. So she just directs you over to a, a grav lift and says, okay, well it's gonna, this one's going to take you all the way to the top. It's a straight shot. With that staff, just hold it in tight into your body and then step into the grav stream. And it'll just take you all the way up to the 144th floor. Um, Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Um, and so they, like, scan you through a turnstile. Yeah, y'all have a good one. <laughs> um, and they just kind of nod, um, and you get grav lifted up. Um, and you the grav lift, like, shows you, like, a projection of, like, what Coruscant looks like in this area as you go up which is kind of neat it's not like an actual window but it's just like a video projection so you get to see kind of like the sun distantly setting and like night fully set in and like all of the neon lights of the power dist power and light district like light up in the distance and 500 republica itself um has a very like still like kind of classic city vibe like honestly like a lot of it has kind of like a 
human earth, like New York City vibe, but just like on a scale that is massive, like mm-hmm. hundreds of floors of towers stretching up into the sky and kind of lighting up. Um, as you get to the top, um, there is a uh, man standing in front of a set of double doors. Um, he is in full, like, black painted, black visored Republic military armor, but like clearly not with the designations and color schemes of a normal like Republic uh, officer. Um, and he is standing in front of those set of the double doors with like a felt rope in between them. Yeah, I will just casually mosey my way down to the double doors. Um, he puts his hand out and says, Halt. What's your name? Uh, just, um, M. M? Okay, hold on one moment. And he turns to a computer uh, system and, like, starts punching in, like, how he thinks your name is spelled. Um, a small droid, like, pops out from the wall and, like, scans you head to toe. And it returns like back into the wall and just blinks red and goes uh-uh, and he says sorry your name doesn't show up in the database uh what database y'all got what the fuck you mean what kind of data like the the whole bar like ha- keeps track of people okay well allowed in and you haven't been in before and so you're not in the database so god you are fucking new okay so this is how this works if you mm-hmm. are here right for a reason to, instead of just like 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 you're either a dumb kid who's fucking around or you're like here for something. So nah, like, what is I'm this? here for the fucking the um, I'm here for the fucking the bounty, you know, with the the senator's daughter and all that. Oh, you're here for the senator's daughter's bounty. Yeah, yeah, I'm here for the senator's daughter's bounty. And somebody that's not on the registry got an invite for that. Oh, no, people. Huh. Yeah? Yeah, who do you know? Who sent you here? A friend of a friend. One of one of the family friends of the people who uh, put the bounty out. Oh. So that's your angle? You're doing this for, like, uh, like family reasons? Well, I'm doing this for money reasons, but uh, I'm here. I heard about it for family reasons. Um, This, like, like jockish like soldier like kind of laughs at that when you say i'm doing this for money reasons and he's like (laughs) see that's what i'm talking about that's what you folks usually fucking sound like all right okay well if you're sent by the family friend like i'm not gonna be an asshole about it just um uh you're gonna bring that staff in most people walk in here with like pistols and shit but just um this is no, you don't need to, like, weapon check it at the door. I mean, everybody knows, like, what type of people come here and all that. Uh, just, like, yeah. don't poke anybody's eye out with that thing. Like, try to keep that tucked yeah, away or something. Yeah, well, I'm not looking to make waves, so you don't have to worry about me. Um, yeah, and he's like, all right, whatever, man. And he, like, hits the button on the door, um, and the double doors, like, slide open. He, like, unbuckles the felt rope and uh, lets you into the Starlight Bar. Yeah, I... I just kind of look in, take it all in, and immediately um, go find a corner to sit in. <laughs> <alone>. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like a giant, like circular 
bar essentially it's so you're like walking out from like the middle of it if that makes sense so you get like at any one time you basically see like a pie slice of like what the room is with like windows on the outer side of the circular nature of the bar so you like see over coruscant so there's booths and like individual bars like all over the place it's a really big bar and so uh it's all like so it's completely red carpeted for one thing um with red booths and like dark mahogany tables um and it does have like a very like swank decor um like this isn't like a bar that people like fight in this is like where deals get made um so you just find a booth to sit in um as you do you see a really fucked up mandalorian walking somewhat sadly and dejectedly um from a separate door that um you know, he's coming from basically the opposite side of the bar. He didn't take the grav lift in. He came in from a separate, like, side of the building. Um, and he is talking with a Devorian woman with uh, red skin and horns. Um, and he just, like, looks kind of dejected. Um, we're going to pause now and go back to Akala. Akala, you are with the Grandmaster of the Jedi Order, who I, whose eyes basically just witnessed this um, giant catastrophe happened in the sky her eyes are this glowing blue um when you see this happen when she saw this happen like immediately started giving orders and the jedi order leaped into action um so it's been several hours since then it's getting to the evening you um and your master um have been helping like with like low level humanitarian tasks that you would do after a tragedy like you start like helping with the debris and like using your force powers to like help free people that may have been trapped or injured by like falling of like dozens of ships out of the atmosphere um, and start doing stuff like that. At the end of it, um, you are with Master Uwe um, in your quarters of the Jedi Temple. Things have calmed down now. There have been there's been a lot of talk about like what happened and like why it felt so gross when it happened, and what the tremor of the planet was. Um, oh, by the way, L felt this as well. Um, you felt this like in your apartment like the day of. I imagine like you were like napping while like that catastrophe happened. So this was like before you journeyed out to the starlight, L. Um, mm-hmm. But you also felt that major disturbance and like heard the cacophony of explosions that happened essentially like just down the street of like where you were and like the humanitarian effort also like touched around where you were um and eventually you just like had to leave to go make it to the starlight um so um akala you are in your quarters with your master um he has just come back from like a jedi council meeting um, and he is sitting with you. Um, this has been a quite terrible day. Uh, despite your achievement with your uh, light shield, I'm sorry that the catastrophe has overshadowed that. It's not about me. It's about everyone else making it out safe. I could feel it. It felt terrible. Yes, it is a quite disgusting thing, feeling the... Uh, the flames of dozens and hundreds of lives become extinguished all at once. It leaves a gap in your heart that the forest will over time help you fill, but it is a quite painful 
jarring feeling at the time. Padawan, um, much has happened in the past 24 hours, and um, there is a, an assignment that I do not know why, but I believe is related to the catastrophe that happened um, today. And his uh, throat kind of like expands like a frog for a second as he takes like a massive deep breath and expels this air. Um, and he says, <clears throat> A few days ago, a senator's daughter went missing, and he put out a bounty for her safe return. And the Jedi did not know about this until today when it was somehow found in the communication channels um, that this bounty had been issued. But it is very strange because normally Senator Daughter do not get kidnapped. And if it so happened, then Jedi would be the first ones to know. But because it was so secret and the family, the Valnium family, are so important, you it's so shocking that they would not tell us. Now, I have thoughts about what happened here today, and I do not know how these two things are related, but strange things have been happening around Coruscant. The Power and Lights District, I do not know if you've been there recently, but more and more crime has been happening around, and although things have been kept quiet, this is not the first person that has disappeared that is somewhat high profile. Other people, rich people, well-known people, they've been kind of disappearing quietly over the past year, and Oko is just the latest and the most high-profile one yet. I do not know why, but I think that you with your shield and your uh, ethos with the Force would be a good person to investigate this. Now... If you do a good job, maybe even we can consider whether or not you become Jedi Knight. This is a potentially dangerous mission. Would you be interested in doing this and going to investigate the disappearance of Oko Valny? Do you really think I'm ready for it? Yes, I believe that you... If, if you are not ready, then I do not know any Jedi apprentice that would ever be ready. You have done all that I have asked of you and more. You have sought out your own challenges to overcome, not because anybody asked you to, but because you knew in your heart they were the right thing to do. And I trust these feelings that you have, and I trust you, Akala. So I do think you are ready. Okay, then, yes. I'll do it. Wonderful. So you are given the assignment to infiltrate the starlight bar as a uh, bounty hunter by your master master ugle um part of this mission is to conceal your jedi nature from those giving the bounty um not only because bounty hunters don't usually give bounties out to jedi but also because um the jedi are an authority figure and while bounties are legal they're not necessarily legal and how they get done right bounties come with like a lot of death and destruction and odd things that aren't necessarily permitted um so you're going to have to formulate um some sort of disguise to infiltrate the starlight bar but that is all we have time for for this session 
This has been the first episode of Starfellows, Guildfellows Season 3. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining us. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.